0: Done with the Dumb Stuff podcast is hosted by Next Level Success Coach, Empowerment Speaker, Arthur, and Founder of the Phenomenal Woman Empowerment Network, Cherise L. Irby. The topics and discussions are selected to empower, encourage, equip, and elevate listeners to live their best, most authentic lives. Now, we will laugh, we will cry, Some of the topics and discussions may even be controversial. You may find yourself ready to throw your shoe at your listening device. But here's the next level warning. Listen at your own risk. Now let's get after it. Thank you for listening to Done With The Dumb Stuff Podcast. I am your host, Cherise L. Irby, and I am so excited. And this is actually our first episode. Yes. Woo, 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 woo. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Okay. So you have to give me some grace in this first episode. Okay. But this has been long overdue. Uh, I couldn't go another, another month, another week, another year without launching my podcast. So here we are. We're gonna dive right into the topic for today. So, you know, the podcast is called I'm Done With The Dumb Stuff. Uh, And I just wanted to really break down why I'm done with the dumb stuff, where the genesis um, with that title has come from, and, and why we're here on today with this episode. So definitely you want to encourage others to listen to this episode. You know, it's gonna hopefully touch you and resonate with you and it may with some others as well. Um, before I jump into this, make sure that you go over to YouTube and that you subscribe and like our YouTube channel, Cherie Speaks. Uh, that is that is my handle, Cherie Speaks. Make sure you go over there. We can have discussion on YouTube. Uh, it is actually all good. Done with the dumb stuff. I mean, just with the title, how many of you can just say, I am done with the dumb stuff? Well, here's what happened that made me sound that declaration. I was, my first marriage, I got married, yes, I said first, I I got married at 30. So I had, uh, you'll learn and you'll hear a lot about my background Um, But for the sake of this podcast, uh, I had a very, you know, promiscuous background. Uh, Like so many of you that may be listening, I was molested when I was young, five years old, between that five, six years old. uh, And... At that time, you know, my parents were just, you know, my dad almost killed the young man, um, but it was just kind of what happens in this house stays in this house. So there was no counseling, there was no assistance. uh, And so as I became a teenager, I was rebellious. I was promiscuous. Uh, Look, I had issues, let's just get it out there. You name it, I had it. And they only got worse as I continued to get older. So, I became pregnant with my eldest son uh, when I was my senior year of high school. I was 17, had him when I was 18. Uh, and I continued to just, you know, spiral out of control. But once I gave birth to him, my eyes began to open, my spirit began to open up to the Lord. You know, I wanted to make some changes. And so I had to really start doing the work on me. So I decided to, you know, take a vow of, of, uh, to become celibate, to abstain from all sexual activity. I knew a lot of what was going on with me was because I was sleeping around because I was being promiscuous. All those spirits entering in, you know, that's, that's going to be a whole nother uh, podcast. So stay tuned for that one. And, um, and so I I begin this journey and I begin putting in the work and I begin developing my spiritual relationship and just really, you know, putting in the solid work on myself. And so I met this young man, I was introduced to him by my brother and we become, we started becoming friends and, you know, from the moment that I met him, we almost became inseparable as friends. And then it started developing into more, um, but still at a, we never made it official that we were dating or that we were quote unquote going together, Uh, but we were together. We did everything together. We were inseparable. We weren't trying to see anyone else. Um, The attraction was there. The chemistry was there, uh, but we never leaned into it. And, um, and, and so, you know, that, that's how everything started. So eventually after four or five years, uh, we made the decision to get married in 2000, February of 2000, we got married. And our, our marriage, our wedding was the first time that we kissed, it was our very first kiss. And I thought I had married the man of my dreams. I was like, oh, this is it. You know, he's a licensed minister. You know, uh, I had become a minister. I was like, you know, we're gonna be this power couple. We're living this great life. Yes, hurrah, hurrah for us. We're making it happen. And within that first year, uh it became the the marriage of my nightmares and uh and so we tried to make it work you know we were in it for 10 years and then we divorced so after we divorced uh i was reunited with my high school love uh you know that one true love your first love Uh, i was reunited with him and And, you know, it had been over 20 some years. So we were like, yes, you know, this was fate. He was single, I was single. You know, it it was fate that brought us together. So we were so excited. And I thought, man, this is where I was supposed to be. I didn't spent 10 years, you know, in this relationship that went nowhere and I should have been available faster. I could have been with my high school sweetheart. We could have been making things happen, okay. And, uh, and, so we, we started dating and right away, the chemistry was right back. Uh, you know, it, he was my boo. <laughs> uh, I, am relatively short. I'm like five, three. So, you know, he had the height on me and, you know, he was a, 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 a thick, a burly man, man's man. Uh, he, look, he can handle your girl. I'd have been full-figured, uh, uh, fluffy, whatever you want to call me, plus size. I'd have been that way all my life, okay? So I like a man that can handle me, that, you know, I, I don't want to be afraid. I'm going to sit on you and crack some bones. And you need to be able to handle all this meat, okay? All this fabulousness. And that was him. And and the chemistry was there, the attraction was there. Uh, he makes me laugh, just, you know, Everything that I kind of wanted and needed all rolled up into one. Here's my other disclaimer. I grew up in the church. I say that, you know, I was a pew baby. My mom gave birth to me on the pews is what I tell everyone. I was in church, you know, when I wasn't in school, I was in church <laughs> and I was active in church. And so, you know, as church girls, you know what we're attracted to. You already know what time it is. Who are we attracted to? The bad boys, or as I say, the bad boys, okay? And and that was him. He was a bad boy, but he felt so good. And again, I was just lured in to his swag. I say that, that he was like a drug to me. And I was lured in to his swag. And I thought, oh man, this is what I've been waiting for. This is what I've been missing. And and so our relationship took off. Well, it didn't take long before the red flag started waving y'all. <laughs> and and soon some things you know just weren't quite adding up i was like okay what have i gotten myself into because you know it's been some years and typically you know as years pass you mature and i was starting to find out that you know he was still that, you know, he was still back at 18, 19 like when we broke up 2021. 20, you know, this was a 40 something year old man who was still acting like he was, you know, in his 20s. Early 20s at that. And so I thought, man, I don't know how far we'll make it because by this time You know, I'm still in the corporate arena. I'm killing the corporate game. You know, I'm a C-suite leader. I have multiple offices. You know, I, I, I have my nonprofit, the Phenomenal Woman Empowerment Network. I'm a, you know, serial entrepreneur on the side. And I just have all these things going on that are positive and amazing. And I can't have no foolishness Jeopardizing what's going on, and so I started. You know, my eyes started opening. Although I was alert, although I was, I was in for the swag. Okay, I was in it, but at the same time, I had to be aware of what I was getting myself into. And uh, and so we had went. It was his birthday, and I surprised him. He had always wanted to go to to Miami. I had always wanted to go to Miami, so I surprised him and i took him on a trip to south beach yes so we get to south beach and you know i am loving it okay well as soon as we get there you know we drop our luggage and everything we gotta go check out the beach gotta go check out the beach so we were staying at a a hotel that was beachfront so we went through the, the hotel. We got out on the beach. It was absolutely beautiful. You know, I was like in it. I couldn't wait for the morning because, you know, we got there just as the sun was going down. But I was like, I am ready. I'm excited. We're heading back to the hotel. And this guy is drawn over to him and they start talking. <sighs> Y'all, I almost said something else. He, he, he made a marijuana purchase. I was like, "Are you serious? We could get in trouble. We out here, you know. I look, I'm out here, Miss CEO. You know, Miss CEO chick. I'm out here doing the most, and you out here making weed purchases. That's what we doing, huh? That that that's what's happening." So I we went back into the room and I told him you cannot smoke that in the room you know not around me it's not happening All right, so then fast forward a couple more days go by and we had been walking around and we go into this liquor store and he wanted to buy uh, uh something don't get me twisted on what it was but a bottle of something he wanted to buy and uh and so it was his birthday so I was treating him And the liquor store we went into, it had all of these famous people, their faces, their pictures up on the wall. And so he said to the owner, he said, you know, I am somebody, you need to put my picture up on the wall. Uh, I am, I'm famous, you know, you're going to want my picture up there. Simultaneously, I'm putting down my debit card to pay for his purchase. And the owner looked at him and said, well, your woman is paying your bills, so you are not too famous. And I don't need those type of people on my wall. And I thought, ooh, but again, that spoke to my spirit. I'm going someplace with this, okay? Uh, Keep listening. And I thought, mm, okay, okay. So the trip went on, trip ended. We decided that we were going to take our children both of us had grown adult children uh, and then he still had two that were minor so we decided we were going to take all our children for new years to las vegas we were going to go spend new years together this was going to be our first time blending our children together uh my first time meeting you know he had five my first time meeting all of his children four except for one. Uh, I knew the one. And, uh, and so we get prepared and we're on this road trip. We're driving from Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona to Las Vegas, Nevada, which is an easy drive. And, and so we, you know, look, I'm on the passenger side, he's driving, I got the snacks, I got the beef jerky, I got the almonds, I got all the snacks, whatever anybody needs. And we're on this amazing road trip. We're the lead vehicle, and we have the minor children with us. The all the adult children are in the vehicle behind, and my oldest son is driving. And we're going down the road, and we're just entering Nevada, and <laughs> <laughs> this uh, bad boy and my 20 you know year old son i believe at the time he was probably 22 23 early 20s they decide to race so all of a sudden here we are both cars 100 miles an hour going down the street so i turned to him and i say uh, you know there's a police officer up there and you're gonna get stopped now mind you i didn't see the police officer i just know when you're doing wrong you going to get in trouble. God don't like ugly. <laughs> so I knew that they were asking to be pulled over. I didn't have to see a police officer to know that there was one somewhere around, okay? And I thought, you know, you want to slow down. There's a police officer up there. He was like, "Oh, they not going to catch me." You know, I got this. I I can't yet th- let this young blood uh, outrace me. I gotta show him, you know, who the OG is. And he's talking all this stuff. And what happened, pretty soon, we hear rrr, 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 and the officer is coming the opposite direction, makes a U-turn, pulls us over. Goes to my son's car first. My son signs the ticket. He comes to our car and, <laughs> my bad boy boo he refuses to sign the ticket i'm not signing the ticket so the police officer said look you are you're acknowledging that you received the ticket I mean, you're gonna get the ticket one way or another, but your signature acknowledges that you received the ticket. You're gonna have to come back and go to court because you were going 100 miles an hour. You can't prove I was going 100 miles an hour. I didn't see no um a speed device. I didn't see any speed gun. You don't know how fast I was going. I wasn't going 100 miles an hour. So the police officer said, sir, you were going 100 miles an hour. And now I'm looking at him and I'm like, you know you were going 100. I know you were going 100. I, I brought it to your attention. And he's like, you don't know, you don't know how fast I was going. I'm not signing the ticket. So the officer says, sir, if you don't sign the ticket, I'm gonna take you to jail. Well, you gonna have to take me to jail cause I'm not signing the ticket. You, you just gonna have to take me to jail, do what you gotta do. And I'm thinking, are you serious? Your children are here. This is the first time I'm meeting, you know, uh, two of your children. Uh, one ended up not coming and I already knew one. So, well, three. So this is my first time meeting three of your children and, and you're offering, you're volunteering to go to jail. I am like, I'm, I I just, I was done. I was done. And he says, yeah, you got, you're going to have to take me to jail. I'm not signing the ticket. So the police officer steps away from our car. He tells us that we have to wait my son's car, he waves them on and tells them to go over the hill and wait for me at the base of the hill. And then pretty soon another car comes up and the uh, supervisor who happened to be a black man, he gets out. And I thought, okay, he done went and got the reinforcements. Oh, Jesus, help us. So he comes over and he says, sir, he explains, he goes back through everything, offers him another opportunity to sign the ticket. He says, sir, I really don't wanna have to take you to jail. You have your children, you got your woman in the car, you know, just sign the ticket. I'm not signing no ticket. You can't make me sign the ticket. He can't prove I was going hundred miles an hour. Prove right now I was going hundred miles an hour. So the officer says, sir, step out the car. He opens the door. He, uh, you know, Bay gets out the car, and they arrest him. And I, I am just, I am speechless. I had not seen anything reckless like this. I, I, I just, I, who volunteers to go to jail behind a speeding ticket at that? Okay, and uh, and so they ran my license, made sure I was good, uh, so that I could drive. And uh, and so they take him away to jail. And I get in the car and I drive over the hill where the other car is waiting for us. And, and so I say to his children, I you know, I, I really don't know what to say, but it's like, this is your daddy. So uh, I said, and so they took him to the Laughlin jail. I said, I can take you to the Laughlin jail and you can wait until your dad gets out. And so his youngest, his oldest son looks at me and says, well, where are you going? I said, I'm going to Vegas with my children for New Year's. I, I'm i not letting that foolishness hinder and hamper and change our New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. And so I'm headed to Vegas. His children in sync said, we're going to Vegas with you. I thought, Lord. So we all got back in a car loaded back up and we went on to Vegas. Uh, so eventually, you know, they they let him out and you know, he makes his way to Vegas and the children are there. So we go on, you know, to have a, the best time that we could possibly have. I just had to suck it up. It was new year's. I wanted to have a great new year's. I wanted the children to have a great new year's. Um, and we got through the, the weekend and the days that we were there, but my, my heart had changed and I knew no matter what the attraction was, no matter how cool he was, no matter how much he made me laugh, uh, no matter how much he lived on the edge. And see, you know, I was that church girl, uh, even though I told you I had some issues, but I still was that church girl. And he would cause me to live on the edge. He would cause me to step right to the edge. Never went off, thank God, but he he would push me to the edge and that was exciting. And so no matter how exciting it was, I knew right then that our relationship would have to come to an end. And so we drove back home, we got home. Uh, we I had a rental car that we were in that I had rented. So I drove him to his home, him and his children got out, unloaded all of their things. And I just knew right then that that would be the last time that I would see him. I I knew that I was done with the dumb stuff. See, I had a mandate that was on my life. I was on a success trajectory and I could not allow foolishness. I couldn't allow the dumb stuff. I couldn't allow all the antics to come in and jeopardize the mandate that was on my life. The passion, the desire, my dreams. I couldn't allow all of that stupid stuff, all of the antics and the half truths and living on the edge. I couldn't allow all of those things to come in and tear down what I had been working so hard for. I couldn't allow the dumb stuff to interrupt and, and change and alter the trajectory of where I was going in life. And how that translates to me is so often we allow things to come in and impede and, and, uh, make us misappropriate that, which is important to us. We allow dumb stuff to come in between our relationships. We allow dumb stuff to put a cast and a cloud over our dreams, over the mandate that's on our lives, that mandate is stronger. The mandate is more important than any antic, than any look, than any man, any sex, any uh any money. Look, the mandate that God has placed in your spirit has to be handled delicately. That mandate, it has to be respected. Your dreams deserve to be respected. And in my case, because I I serve women, my targeted population is women. I serve women. I meet women right where they are and I help them get to their next level of success. I can't have this foolishness all around me and I'm trying to meet women where they are to help them get to their next level of success. And I'm knee deep in foolishness. I'm knee deep in the dumb stuff. I'm knee deep allowing uh, allowing, giving permission to men who ain't got nothing going on for themselves to come in and intervene and interrupt what I got going on. That's craziness. I had to be done with the dumb stuff. And my children were like, oh, mom, mom's an OG. Mom's mom's so cold. She came back and just dropped him. And I had to let my children know it wasn't about being an OG. It wasn't about coming back home and dropping somebody. I wasn't dropping him. Look, we're still friends right now today. He just couldn't be my man because I had to be done With the dumb stuff, I couldn't continue to to be engaged and to be connected with anything that could kill the dream. Anything that could cause me to abort the dream. Anything that could cause me to misappropriate the success and the responsibility and obligations that God had placed on me. It was about my future. It was about my destiny. It was about the legacy. Come on here, somebody. It was bigger than me. I had to disassociate with the dumb stuff. So I'm asking you today, as I get ready to wrap up our very first episode, episode 100, what dumb stuff do you need to eliminate from your life? What's separating you? What's holding you back from your next level of success? What's impeding you from being able to reach the goals that you desire to reach? What is the dumb stuff that you need to release, that you need to drop, that you need to walk away from? Make a decision on today to be done with the dumb stuff. This is your girl, Sharice L. Irby. It has been a pleasure. Look, get rid of that dumb stuff. You have too much at, at risk to be messing around and fooling around with the damn stuff. Peace.